podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. This is the Scout Report in association with Five Yards, fiveyards.co.uk. This show it will be on every Thursday from 10pm um, for the foreseeable and it's all about scouting. It's all about scouting players of young, of different ages, um, from different continents, different leagues, different nations, wherever it might be. And we're going to do this for the next couple of weeks anyway and we're going to have a good go with it. And we've brought someone along that knows all about Five Yards. So when you ask me a question and I go, uh, 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 doesn't matter, we have Alfie here and he'll explain everything as we go. Of course, I have got Keith, who is wearing um, one of those South American tracksuit tops. I would have been very, very disappointed if he hadn't. Um, and I have Shawnee Lawson, who just... I'm going with the other side. He's gone Brazil. He's gone Brazil. Oh, Liber- okay. Liber- full uh, Brazilian Libertadores final. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, it's, it's Keith players... Is in the Keith is in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have got Keith, I have got Shani, and of course I'm delighted to be joined by Alfie from Five Yards. This show, we're going to have six players that we're going to look at. Um, we're going to discuss them, we're going to talk about them, we're going to see where they're from, what they're doing, how they're getting on, where you can see them being in the future. And we're going to have three little rival chats as well. The lads of Five Yards have really, really hit us with um, three difficult ones this week to start off. I thought it was going to be easy, like Pogba against Thiago. We all go, Thiago's yeah. great. Uh, but no, they've, they've pitted three Liverpool players against three other Liverpool players, so it, it could get difficult for us in the next hour or so. But Alfie, I'm going to come to you first. Five yards. Um, we're delighted to have them on board. This this suits us down to the ground because we have a very intelligent uh, viewership and listenership when it comes to players and sourcing players, scouting them, knowing where they're from, what they're doing. So how does five yards come into all this? Well, cheers for having me, first of all. Um, yeah, you're absolutely welcome. Five yards is a scouting game that kind of lets you benefit in a concrete way from your football knowledge, but primarily your ability to spot a player. So you can do this in two main ways. Uh, the major way is uh, with real money. Uh, you buy five yards currency, £10 gets you £1 million in five yards currency. So you buy players at what we consider to be market value prices uh, and you stick with them for as long as you want to kind of ride along in their career um, because you think that they're going to outperform the current value that we've set them at. Uh, the way that you can make returns from this is through performance pay. 
which is all to do with on-the-pitch performance. Um, we're not concerned with player personalities and things that happen off the pitch. Um, we're not concerned with what other users are doing as well. Everyone can buy uh, the same amount in a player. You're not affected by other user activity. Um, but also, you can play along for free as well. So that's by submitting scout reports and rating players and setting in stone in a concrete way what you think a player's ceiling is. It's, I mean, I think everyone's got stories of um, when they fell in love with a player and how they play, um, but it never really goes further than anecdotes. So I think five yards is kind of the so what. You know, you think a player is going to go to the top, do something about it, um, and go a little bit further than just a tweet or a comment to a pal. Um, because, you know, who knows, in 10 years' time, you'll be able to look back and say, I was with them right from the start. Of course, it can go wrong. Um, I thought Danny Pacheco was going to be the fulcrum of the Liverpool attack for a while, um, but that's life. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't on that cross. <laughs> yeah. A lot of us died on that cross. Uh, do you know what strikes me when you say that before we get into it? And but what strikes me about that is that I, I, I absolutely get the concept. I should because I've read into it. But the thing that st- struck me while, while, you know, looking up these players and, and discussing it with the likes of Shawnee, Keith and others that will be involved in these shows in the coming weeks. There's like a one-upmanship in it. You know, we all we all love to say, I spotted him first, or I stuck with him, or, you know, you've all dealt with him and look at him now. So there, there is a kind of a community element to it, isn't there? Because, you know, I know if I play, Shawnee plays and Keith plays, we're going to be in each other's ear every week on. I stuck with him and look at him now, you know. So there, there has to, For me, that there is that element to it where you can literally make it a game within a game. I mean, definitely. I think player paths are always so interesting to have an opinion on basically I think the, the example we keep going back to um, in retrospect if five yards had existed in 2014 uh, Mario Gosa would have just won the World Cup with Germany scoring the winning goal he was kind of pretty much the hottest prospect I think he was early 20s um, mm-hmm. everyone would have taken the chance to sign him whereas Mo Salah had just had a pretty crap start with Chelsea um, I think he had moved in January before and they were already looking to loan him out to Fiorentina um, and you look at them now and they're around the same age and they couldn't really have gone different ways. But if you had said back then Mohamed Salah is going to be better in six years' time or seven years' time than Mario Gosa, I think you probably would have been laughed out of the room, but that's the glory of it. You can kind of say, ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. That's 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 a big team for me. And, and the scout reports on the website are great because you have got loads of different opinions where you go in, you read a scout report and you go, oh, yeah, I didn't know that about him or mm, I don't know if I agree with that. And it can... It can it can challenge your thoughts on players, but it can change your mind on on players that you mightn't rate as much. But then when you look into it a bit more based on the scouting report, it can absolutely um it can absolutely change the way you're looking at it. There's a couple of shouts coming in there, like for Ensue at Liverpool. Um, somebody said they had high hope for Eric Moyer. You're, you're absolutely messing, and um, that's absolutely fine. Um, Owen Bork says Liverpool fans are the worst for getting excited about academy graduates yes. coming through. Can yeah, I? Sh- uh, well, just before we get into players, I'm I'm going to start with my player to get it to get me out of the way uh, Laurie Della Valley um, was at Liverpool he was banging in goals absolutely banging them in he ended up going to Fulham and uh, was never seen again and I was like where's this fella gone um, he, he just went nowhere he just went nowhere um, so look uh, that's, that's I, how it can I go I thought that's who you were picking as your scouting player Laurie Della <laughs> no no I wouldn't that's go that far I'm not yeah. that bad Keith Jesus um, give me some credit but um, look we're going to get into it 
and there will be players in this that you will know there will be players that you mightn't know as much of but the lads are going to bring these players forward they're going to give you some information on them they're going to give you their thoughts on them and look you, it could be a case of you being able to go and take that and go on to five yards and go, oh, I'll back Keith or I'll back Sean or I'll back Alfie or I'll back Gav or whatever it might be. If you look in the description for this video, you will see a direct link to fiveyards.co.uk as well. It'll bring you straight onto the page. You can look up all the different details, how to sign up and stuff like that. If you sign up, it absolutely supports five yards and supports the LFC day trips at the same time. So go ahead and have a look at that. Not right now. Do it after the show when, when, when you're finished listening to us, if that's okay. I'm going to start, lads. And... I'm going to be honest, I wanted to go for the young lad Gallagher off West Brom. I think he's really, really good. I like the way I looked, I like the look of him as a player. Uh, but he's going to be wasted under Sam Allardyce. He's going to be a shadow of, for, of himself when, when, when this season is over. So God love him. And um, our commiserations are with him. But I'm going to start with Tariq Lamptey from Brighton. And the reason, the reason I'm starting with him is he came to my attention not because of the way he played, because he moved. Um, I thought he was going to be brilliant at Chelsea I thought he was absolutely made for them especially the way they were look, maybe look at the shape of their squad and I know he's a right back but I thought he's an he's an absolute model for a wing back a 5 for 5 he's not the biggest guy in the world but he's absolutely made for a wing back he's quick he's skillful he, he, he has everything this fella he absolutely has and that was I suppose cemented in my mind when, when he plays against Liverpool last season at the back end of it, when Liverpool are already, already champions. He gives Nico Williams an awful time that night, if I remember right. Um, he is 20 years of age, a right back, as I said, but I think he's, I think he'd end up being a wing back. He signs, he signs, um, on deadline day in a permanent deal, um, from Chelsea to Brighton. And whenever I've seen him play, I just get so excited by this fella. I just think he has, everything to be a top top footballer I can't see him being at Brighton in 18 months time I think I th- for me if he was going I think Spurs is written all over him I know he's been at Chelsea but I think he's the sort of player Spurs would take a big gamble on and looking at the way what they have at right back in REA who they just tried to get rid of and couldn't and Doherty who was just not the right signing for me I think Tariq Lamptey is um, he's absolutely brilliant someone says there he's on loan no I think he made that deal no, permanent, he, permanent yeah. <coughs> he did make it permanent well, um, he only got trying to get him as well yeah, yeah he's, he's there's no con- back. I don't think from Chelsea either no he's under contract um, June 2023 uh, he has played around 2014 games Um for Chelsea and Brighton going back to last season he has he has one goal in that time he has three assists but I think he's really 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 exciting um, Keith what do you make of Lamptey? Yeah I think he's a great player I think he's a, a cracking um, a cracking prospect um, Mr Slack a lot thrown in there Lamptey is injury prone and that's maybe the I don't know if it's an injury prone thing or it's a, a fitness thing Rumble. he never seems to last the 90 now I think it's just that he's a young a young lad but I think he's, I think he's one definitely to to watch to keep an eye on. It, it just goes to show that the level of the Chelsea youth set up that you know they had a Lamptey there, and they're letting him go. And I don't know how much he went for five million or something like that. Was it? No, five think, six million. I think seven. a bit more than that. But he's like Shane Downs are saying there. He's signing a contract forty forty grand a week. Yeah, um, I've seen that. He's on he, the he was on twenty. Already. Dan Jay reckons Man City will get him. They love throwing 50 million around on fullbacks. Uh, good shit. Possibly. Good, but good he show. is, I think he is destined for a bigger move in a, in a short period of time than, than Brighton. And it's a good shout for a player because it's a player that, you know, has sort of come from nowhere and has now put himself in that shop window. 
that you'll keep an eye on. And there's a few players like that, but it'll be interesting to see how he develops and what his tra- trajectory is like going forward. Shani, um, somebody's um, somebody's mentioned the huge plant um, that you have in your house. You have moved it out, I was shot because it garners way too much attention during shows. Um, and we're not, we're not here to talk about trees. But Shani, he talks about his trajectory. Like he's 20 years of age. He, he, he gets into the Chelsea force team. Um, you know, Reese James is there, isn't he? A right back, and I just look. I think he's better suited to Chelsea than Reese James. But at twenty, with you know twenty games under his belt in the Premier League and, and being raved about, surely his trajectory is through the roof, Johnny. Absolutely. Like well, you only have to look at the teams who he's been linked with since he's made the permanent switch to Brighton, uh, Bayern Munich. We're heavily looking at him and Max Arnens. And look, it, this all comes back to one thing. I think that the. English FA have done wonderfully in the past maybe five to ten years is the move to St George's Park has turned them into a real conveyor belt for players now they're struggling at the moment with centre-backs but you look at the right-backs England have to choose from at the moment defensively Wambasaka is excellent you have Trent who is Trent you've got Reese James and Terry Glamty, who like that's far really, really high level. And then there's Walker Peters, who's uh, who's a very yeah. solid centre uh, right back as well. So and you've got and Walker, a trippier Walker. Yeah, there's so much talent there that it's it's hard. It'll be hard for him to become England's fourth choice right back. But it's healthy competition for for England. And the move to Brighton was brilliant for him because Potter is the type of coach where those type of players will flourish underneath them. Now, his trajectory is a higher than Reese James's. I think possibly, but I think going back to what Keith said, Reese James is just, he's a bit of a horse, isn't he? He looks way more durable. He's he's physical. much bigger in physical and stature, but uh, technique-wise, Lamptey is incredible. Like, a brilliant bit of business from Brighton. I can't really see him wait, being there for too much longer, like you said, Gav. And I think Bundesliga might be actually where he goes because Great. if you look now what's going on, a lot of the English lads are moving to uh, the journey now because they know it's a breeding ground for uh, like talent, especially English talent. You had Bellingham there, Sancho there, who was there a while now. It's a place where you can go and grow and learn your football. Yeah, Adam Ola Luckman. Um, goes yeah. to Germany, doesn't he? Another one, um, yeah. yeah. yeah there was a lot you know, there. there is a few of them, man. And like Kevin Sullivan doesn't believe he's a fullback in his opinion. I, I'm with you. I think the five for five thing might do him because, you know. Height as a defender is is an absolute bonus. I'm not saying five seven five eight is any issue, but five five to me just looks slotting in a wing back. Now it is difficult for him to get into the England side because, well, you can name Wamba Sacken, but in my opinion, Trent will be the England right back for the next ten years, um, unless he's moved into midfield, like someone said in the chapel. It might be difficult for him, but I think he's another option for them. You know, I don't see Trent as a wing back. But I do see him as a fullback or a midfielder. But Lamptey, for me, if it comes, if if you know, if the Eng- England go full circle again and end up going for five at the back, you you could see a day in a couple of years' time where Trent starting in midfield for for England and and Lamptey could be the wing back. Um, Alfie Lamptey, talk to me. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think it's quite interesting that both Keith and Sean have brought up his physicality because I think his greatest strengths probably his strongest weakness as well because. If you watch the guy play, he, he pegs up and down non-stop, like absolutely non-stop. Every time you see him, he's drenched in sweat and he, he, he looks like he's put in a shift, whether it's, you know, the 10th minute or the 70th minute when he usually comes off. Um, but I think if he has to combat that to play more football, he's going to lose a lot of his dynamism. 
um, and a lot of his intensity. So it'll, it'll be tough to see how that next manager that he gets involved with kind of balances his intensity and whether they say, can you tune it down a bit and play at 70% so that you can play 40 games a season, um, even if it does mean that we don't kind of have you at your full, that's all right. But I mean, I, I, I totally agree that he, you shouldn't really even settle for teams like Spurs in my mind. Bayern have been playing Pavard at right back for about two years now. Um, go and get Lamptey for however much. I think, that, like like you've all said, he's going to be a huge investment for the next next 10, 15 years. And I think he'll be really valuable for it. He's, um, he's 36 million on five hours right now. And I think that's, if he does sign a new contract, he could go for it even more than that, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think that's because our scouts have been playing at a high level for a long, long time. Yeah, I think he is one that... You do see players that, you know, when they're 22, 23, you go, great talent. But at 25, 26, you might see their peak and that, and then they fall off. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's the way they play. Maybe it's the position they play. Maybe it's their physique. I don't know. But you do see players all the time that when they turn 26, 27, you're wondering where they're gone. Whereas for me, Lamptey, the, the reason I picked him is there's the longevity in him that I think you could see a big move from him in the next year, 18 months, but then you could probably see another bigger move again. Um, 18 months or two or three years down the line so that's only going to improve his standard of play it's going to improve the, the players he's going to be playing around and I think oh, everything for this young kid for me points towards a really successful um, career in football for like you said the next 10 or 15 years Do you know what an excellent point is on him Gav before we yeah. wrap up on Lamptey something you touched on with Gallagher the manager that he gets, if he stays at Brighton and Potter goes out the door and they bring in, let's say, Tony Pulis. Now, no, they're not going to do that, but they bring in Tony Pulis. Tony Pulis' uh, modus operandi is stand all the defenders against the wall and from height, short is the tallest. And if you're five foot five, five foot six, you're not getting a sniff in that team. And it's a dangerous thing for English players to develop when you have a manager like that. If you go to a, let's say Bayern, let's say Dortmund, let's say Leipzig, teams that are at the higher echelons of the, the Bundesliga where you're attack, 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 he develops his all-around game a lot more and has a lot more faith in him. So it's an excellent sort of way to progress for a player like him that's not relying on physicality. I know that's changing in England, height, 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 but when you're in them lower clubs, the manager you could get in could be key to your development. Or lack I, think, I think the uh, important thing as well is <laughs> Great point by Keith. It's the pressure managers are under now as well. So yeah. a club like Brighton, if they were to go on a bad slide and Potter was to find himself out of the door, if they turn to like a break glass emergency situation, get one of those fucking dinosaurs back in to play to manage them, he could find himself in that in that situation where because of his size that he might be out of team. Do you know what I mean? Sort of way. Because it happened at West Brom with a couple of their players and it can happen easily. Like you see West Ham, Grady Dean Gane was sold in the summer. He's a massive talent, but Moyes didn't put any faith in him. The board just let him go then. You know what I mean? So it's a great point. It's worth thinking. But I think Lamptey's best part to call now would be the Bundesliga. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Like you know, there's certain moves in England that suit you because of the style of football you play. And like you said, you could fall into just the wrong manager turning in the door, and you're you're in trouble. Whereas if you do go, I think I think the likes of Germany and France, um, in particular, for me, trust their young players more. They trust them more, and they put them. And it's probably the situation they're in that they don't have the money to go out and spend thirty million on a fullback. So they just go, we're just trusting this fella, you know. Um, now Lamptey will cost them money, but I think I think it is a good career path for him. But I, I see a path for him. Um, I suppose injuries permitting that. Um, he, I think he'd have a huge career. Uh, let's move on 
to the next player before we get into these um, these player rivalries that I'm dreading. Um, <laughs> let's get on to um, Alfie's pick. Alfie, who are you going with? I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Yeah, um, I'm going with someone I'm quite passionate about, actually. I think that's quite important when you're talking about a player. Um, I'm a Liverpool scorer. You might have pegged already, but um, also an Aberdeen sporter. And Lewis Ferguson has been playing his trade with us for uh, just over three years now. And I think two of those years, he's won Scottish Young Player of the Year. So it's not like he's really under the radar in Scotland, but I think when you go down south, uh, there's kind of disrespect for the Scottish game that means that anyone outside the old firm doesn't really get picked up on. Um, he's a fantastic centre mid. I think he's the, the biggest strength as we're seeing as Liverpool supporters now is availability and versatility. That's the biggest strength you can have with a player, I think. Um, Derek McInnes, the manager, is kind of a bit of a flip-flopper when it comes to picking a team. Uh, he changes his formation quite a lot. We're in a 3-4-3 right now. Um, so Lewis Ferguson has pretty much played in a double pivot as a 10, as a 6, as an 8 um, and just off the striker and he's excelled in all those roles I think the best player I can compare him to right now would be someone like Gino Wijnaldum um, he's shown that he can break into the box and get goals but the manager doesn't really seem to want him to do that he's kind of there to break up the play he's there to win the ball back and most importantly to progress the ball so I think that's why he'd be suited to a big club. Um, maybe not right now. He's 21 and obviously playing in the Scottish Premiership. Um, so I see him next moving to kind of a top 10 championship team and then going on to be uh, probably a top half Premier League team. Um, I think he'd be a great replacement for someone like John McGinn if he was to leave Villa. Um, yeah, he, he can play all sorts of roles. Uh, yeah, he's tenacious, ball winning, picks up a few silly yellow cards. Um, but yeah, a top, top player to watch and kind of latest on the production line of good Scottish sentiments. I don't know where they've been for the last 20 years, but now we've got a few. Yeah, I, I looked, you told me about Lewis Ferguson there and I looked him up. He was at, he was actually at Rangers as a youth player. And, you know, He's straight away. Barry Ferguson's nephew, I think. Okay, okay. Um, but like, he's at Rangers as a youth player and immediately that flagged something for me, I thought. You know, he goes to Hamilton. I think he spends a year at Hamilton. Um, then he's on, he's 2018. He moves to, to Aberdeen. And when I seen the Rangers U thing, I thought the way Rangers are going this season and they look to strengthen the next season, is it a possibility that Rangers could come in and go, listen, you know, like you said, he could move to, he could move to England. He could move to the championship and see where he goes. Could it be a case of, you know, Rangers turn and go, listen, before you do that, why don't you take a year or two here? Because we are going to be in European football, most likely Champions League qualifiers anyway. Is it something that, that could tempt them back to Rangers, maybe in the summer, before a possible move to England? Yeah, I mean, that's that's always the fear. Um, it's it's kind of commonplace that any time you get a player and you're not one of the old firm teams who's playing better than 6 out of 10 every week, you think that they might be off to Celica Rangers. But honestly, with all due respect especially because Stephen Jones in charge, 
Um, I think he, I think he can do way better than Rangers. Um, I don't, I, not to say that I think a top half championship team is better than Rangers because I really don't. Um, I, I think it's a much clearer career path to get himself recognised in England first. If he can get a championship team that's going to push for playoffs, that's going to set off alarm bells much more than continuing in the league that he's already accustomed to. Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose you make a fair point because he could end up going to Rangers and then he's in a league that he's familiar with and he's in a much better side than the vast majority of them that are there and do standard slip, do, do, does the drive go a little bit? But he, he looks, he looks, I looked him up, um, a good bit earlier and he looks a very, very interesting prospect. Shawnee, Lewis Ferguson, um, if you're him, do you stay at Aberdeen? Do you go to Rangers or, or like Alfie said, is, is England your part of call? Do you look, to, do you look to go down there and, and see, see how far you can get down in England? Yeah, you've got to go down south, surely. Um, not not as a slight on the, the Scottish game, but just I think the level of coaching and then the eyes on him, even say in a top level championship side or even maybe lower half of the Premier League, like he will grow there. That's an exactly going into a play, club like, just say for instance, Norwich, who are on the precipice, are coming back up again, bouncing back up. A, a lo- nice attacking team, you'll be able to strut stuff there and you'll just see him coming through. Like, se- f- very same trajectory as John McGinn because John McGinn was an excellent championship player. Um, yeah. right, he, he had some men, like he was being talked about when he was in the championship and then he translated perfectly into the Premier League. So, um, one to keep, I've never heard of, heard of him myself, but I will keep an eye out for him. It'll be interesting to see what way he goes. But surely, um, if the lad has any ambition, he will be down in England sooner rather than later. A lot of people will turn around during the show and go, what he doesn't know about this player, that's exactly what I wanted to hear from Shawnee. He's being educated <laughs> on a player that someone else has brought. That's exactly what I wanted to see tonight. And um, I didn't even pay him any money to say that. That's that's from the heart from Shawnee, which is absolutely amazing. Keith, um, I don't know if you know much about Lewis Ferguson. You've been told a little bit about him now. Um, what way would you feel on it? Is it, is it like um, Kevin Sullivan says there, um, could Rangers compete on wages for it with a top half championship side? That's a good point. But he also says that McInnes has been linked to Bristol City um, and the job there. Uh, and it could work well, uh, well for him. You know, McInnes goes to Bristol City. He brings Lewis Ferguson with him. Is that something that could, that could happen? Mute. You're on mute. Oh, you're a good Yeah, so there's a bleeding sweeper or something going on outside the noise of it. Um, the, the thing with, with him, I wonder, Alf, you might know this more, is is his family ties to Rangers going to be a big draw? So what's he, Barry Ferguson's nephew? Mm. Derek Ferguson's yeah, I think, I, I think so. Um, I, is that going yeah, to be the thing wrong. that brings it's him there and stops him going down? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that that's happened so often before and it's definitely something you see a lot no matter kind of you know it, it seems like some of the thing of the past but it absolutely still happens now I suppose that's the worry but I think you know it is about ambition and it's kind of hard to get an eye into a player's brain when yeah. you don't know them personally um, but you know I, I, I do think that there is an element of playing it safe he goes to Rangers it's an easy option um, you'd feel comfortable there but I, I'm not sure he necessarily breaks straight into the Rangers double pivot because they've been really strong there um, all season so I mean that might be the thing that kind of twigs his mind if he's looking to leave this summer coming um, would there actually be an immediate spot maybe not yeah it's an interesting one to keep an eye on um, you know the, the whole thing in Scotland at the moment is you know Celtic going for 10 in a row and making an absolute 
aims of it. Um, Rangers being exceptional in the league, I don't think they've lost. I think they've conceded about five goals. So all the all the emphasis is on Rangers and Celtic, but like it most usually is. But if you're watching some Scottish football, um, keep an eye on Aberdeen and keep an eye on Lewis Ferguson. If I go on to five yards and I want Lewis Ferguson, um, what's he going to set me back? Thirteen million pounds, which I think is certainly not the amount that he would go for for this move. Um, I think, I mean, that's that's way more than Aberdeen have ever received for a player. I think it's more likely to be around kind of the three, four, five mark. Um, but certainly, if he does go to the championship team, as I kind of expect him to, I think thirteen million is going to look an absolute bargain for him. I think he'll go for more than that. Yeah, follow up for the next move. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. And, and look, I, I haven't seen any of Lewis Ferguson, and I doubt, I doubt Keith or Shani have, but we know a bit more about him now. The people in the chat know a bit more about him, yeah. and it's stored up some conversation about young players in Scotland. What do they do when they're leaving? Whether it's when it's not a Celtic range, when they're leaving a club like Aberdeen, or 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 if it's a yeah. Hearts or a, or a Hibs, stores up that conversation. Do you do you bypass Celtic and Rangers, and th- instead of taking that. It's not a sideward step, not by any means, but instead of taking that one step, you take that two two or three steps and, tr- and try our luck in England. Um, let me see uh, now, right, the rivalries. So the way this works is um, I tried to be really nice to five yards during the weekend. He went, no, nah, no, I'm not having it. Um, here's here's some rivalries that are going to really upset you and um, let's have a go with it. So I'm, I'm all for it, though. Um, I, love, I love having conversations about, um, you know, player against player within the same squad. They don't have, it doesn't have to be a case of picking sides. This is more about what you see from them, what you see in their progression, what you see, where do you see their value going, who out of these two do you think will you know, end up at a, at a higher value as time goes on and stuff like that. But we can absolutely talk about their attributes. Shani, I'm going to come to you first. And the fourth rivalry is Curtis Jones versus Gino Wijnaldum. Very interesting because one is breaking into the squad over the last year or so and one seems to be on the way out of the squad. But... Gina and Adam will go on to another club and you can probably take that into your consideration when you're speaking. But what you thinking on these two, Shani? This is a tough one because it's like very much so two players are the complete opposite end of their careers. So Curtis Jones on the precipice of like becoming a, a real force team regular at Liverpool. Now he's played probably more games this year than he probably expected to. And then you have Genie Wijnaldum who is heading into his 30s he's probably your most used player and at this moment of time I'd say he's one of the best ball carrying centre-halves in Europe uh, without doubt so it's kind of like how high is Curtis Jones ceiling it's really really high but at the same time if Curtis Jones becomes anywhere near the player that Gina Wijnaldum is then Liverpool will have a real asset so for me, it would be Genie Wijnaldum. I would go with Genie Wijnaldum because I know exactly how how key integral he is to that Liverpool side, um, and he will be missed because it does look like he is gone. Mm-hmm. And a great marker of Genie Wijnaldum's quality is that you could probably, if I'm being honest, you could see him in any forced eleven in world football at the moment. Um, he could go to Bayern Munich. I think he'd get games. He could go to Juventus. I think he'd be a starter. Real Madrid, he'd be a start at Barcelona. So I think even at 30 years of age, being a free agent, the world is his oyster. So that'll tell you how exactly how good he is. Um, nothing against Curtis Jones. I think he's been brilliant when called upon. I think there's games this season where he's actually been our best player coming from a lad that's just 19. And he does look to have absolutely all the attributes to be world-class, to be genuinely world-class. 
uh, amongst a lot of those English players. Again, it's it just another product of the English system, uh, more so the Liverpool system. Gina Wijnaldum, like, there you go. Kevin Sullivan hit the nail on the head. He will go to another club where they're expected to win the league and challenge in the Champions League. Um, I think it's probably a little, little bit unfair to have Cordes Jones in that fight with Gina Wijnaldum because... Um, like I said, they're on both ends of the, they're on the each end of the spectrum in terms of their careers. Um, but for me, Genie is one of my favourite players at Liverpool. I'm, I'm going to pick Genie all day. So, uh, Alfie, that's interesting because, like Kevin Sullivan does say, Genie will go to another club, probably in Italy, and win another title and possibly a Champions League. He thinks on Jones, uh, people have gone way over the top of him. The jury is still out, only seeing glimpses. And I suppose, Alfie, that's a good, like, Shani's come out from a different angle because a lot of people would just go look at that and say, oh, well, I prefer Genie um, in the midfield over Jones because we're playing Manchester United on Sunday and stuff like that. But the way Shani's looked at it is, you know, we only, we've only seen a certain amount of Curtis Jones and what's his trajectory, okay? And then but we've seen everything of Gina Wijnaldum and he still probably has three, two or three good years in him. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I thought a lot of people would go over Curtis Jones and that when you just look at the age and, you know, the fact that they're both Liverpool's force team, but people will look at it that we won't, the way Shawnee has and says, yeah, but I know Gina is absolutely rock solid for three years and I can't say the same about Curtis Jones. Yeah, I mean, the trajectory thing is a really important point because I think it's about getting kind of on the back of someone's player, a player's career as soon as possible. So the thing with Curtis Jones is, I think six months ago, we were probably in a very different state as a fan base over what we thought. So he was down at around £30 million in five yards uh, before the season started. Now he's up at about 57 So if you want to back that level of his career happening, the ship's kind of sailed already. Um, right now, the reputation has to be made on backing him going that step further and kind of making himself undroppable in that midfield. Um, whereas, like you say, Wijnaldum's got the pedigree already. If he leaves, it's, it's likely going to be Barcelona, especially if Koeman stays until, until summer, which might not be so likely. Um, he's going to get far into the Champions League. He's going to win trophies. And um, for people familiar with five yards already, um, one of the main ways, in fact, the, the, yeah, the main way that we decide player value is based on how many goals, assists and wins they're going to get in key competitions. So if Gini Wijnaldum goes to Barcelona, you know that whatever state they're in, they're probably going to go far in the Champions League and he's going to be playing in that run. Curtis Jones, if we get into a quarterfinal of the Champions League, is Klopp going to risk playing him in that midfield three with his lack of experience? Are you going to see the benefits of him being at that level or is he going to be watching off on the sidelines? I think that's an important thing to consider, really. Yeah, it is. And, and like, he is, he is in the first team squad. But like you said, if everyone being fit, does he get in? So you're kind of backing him over a longer period of time. And you're probably yeah. going to have to wait a little bit. You're going to have to wait a little bit. It's not going to be an instant thing with him. It's, it's a waiting game to see if he just, if something clicks. Keith, um, are, are you going, are you having Gino and Alden if I was to make you pick one of them? Based on yeah. based on on the tra- on their trajectory and, and and where you see them in in a year two or three years time, yeah, it's a really hard one because uh, the reason I, I agree with what the lads have said, you know, Genie Van Alden, you know what you get with Genie Van Alden, and Genie will move from Liverpool and he will move to another elite club. There's no doubt about that. Curtis Jones won't be leaving Liverpool, and if he does leave Liverpool, it's more most probably because it hasn't worked out from at Liverpool. So it's 
you know, and that's not all Liverpool's at the, the top. You don't see English players, you know what I mean? It's usually a step down unless he excels, in which case it wouldn't be in the scouts or your time down. So it's really hard to, to pick the trajectory. Um, who would you rather have? If you were to ask me who could reach the highest transfer fee, I'd say Curtis Jones. Because if he does well and goes on and he's got the English tax, Genie's only ever, you know, what did we pay? 25 for Genie and yeah. Newcastle paid something like 18 or something for him. I, I know Feyenoord bought him as well, but or was it Feyenoord? Um, so he's he's accumulated transfer phase, but it's a, if you're going for just a player, who gets the goals, who gets the action, who gets the minutes in the big games? At the moment, and for the foreseeable future, it's Genie Vinaldum for me as well. He's again, like Sean, he says, he's one of my favourite players. You know what I mean? It's hard to, it's a, it's an unfair comparison, but an interesting one when you put the each end of their Liverpool career sort of book bookend in them. The interesting thing with Genie is he could move to another club and become a different player because he's like a Swiss Army knife. He can play in so many different roles. He can hold midfield for you. He can play off the wing like he did for Newcastle. He can he can be a false number nine the way he normally plays for for he can play for he's played for Holland PSV he was everywhere he was that captain at such a young age so and he still has the legs I don't look at it there's no sign of him slowing down and um, it's like you said Keith made a good point there if Curtis Jones does kick on the the more likely most likely path from is to stay at Liverpool for the rest of his career because he's a scouser and as long as he's winning trophies at Liverpool he's not gonna want to leave you know look at Gerrard. Jedi could have went went to any club in the world. Do you know what I mean? He really could have signed for any team at any time. Um, it's interesting for me, but yeah, Genie for me definitely with this one. Yeah, own book says Genie can play in the six, eight, or ten. His yeah, intelligence yeah. as a footballer to be playing attacking mid for Holland and maybe three days later playing in his role with Liverpool is amazing. That's exactly. Genie's yeah. played the front for us and at the back. You know, yeah, back, uh, back. It's yeah. number nine on the Did, wing. Did we play him as a false nine away at Barca in that yeah, semi-final? Yeah, yeah. yeah we did, um, which is mental. Uh, but listen, um, that's that's the first kind of chat around um, rivalries within the squad and, and stuff like that, and it was a really good chat. I liked it. Uh, Shawnee, come on, give us your first player. Who have you got? Uh, Jules Kunde is my first one. Uh, he might be more known to a lot of people. It's not a, he's not a secret. He's one of these um, this French crop of centre-backs. They seem to have the problem that England have with their right-backs now, it's a healthy problem. They seem to have six or seven different top-class young centre-backs coming through to choose from. Um, I watched quite a bit of Spanish football uh, on the weekends. I'd have the three o'clock Spanish games on before I watched the Premier League. And Sevilla is a team that I do watch closely because I like Lopetegui. He plays good football and there's a lot of really good players there at Sevilla at the moment, especially their other centre-half. Um, they're, they're very really highly rated both of them Diego Carlos but he's made Diego Carlos look better than he actually is um, the thing is with Conde he's a bit mad because I've seen him have some unbelievable individual performances like he was unbelievable in the, the Europa League final last year and he was really good in the semi-final game against Manchester United but then I watched him at Stamford Bridge and he had an absolute nightmare but what I love about Conde is He's he's like Sevilla's Joe Gomez, probably just a little bit shorter. He's yeah. lightning quick, like an unbelievable athlete and excellent on the ball. So comfortable in possession. Uh, great great range of passing, uh, great recovery, reads the game so well. And he's only five foot ten. Now, a lot of people take away from him because he's under five foot, but you'd actually be shocked to learn that some of the greatest defenders to ever play the game are all 
most of them are under six foot. Like Barese wasn't huge. Cannavaro wasn't huge. Puyol wasn't huge. Now, I'm not saying this lad is as good as them, but if you look at his aerial, like I'm not a big stats man, but I just had a look at this earlier just, just to check. He wins so many aerial duels for a fella of his height. Like he's like a he's like a salmon. Like how well he gets up, he's he's really really good. And there's so many of those. Like there's Upa Meccano, Kanate, there's Evan and Dicke. There's so many other French centre backs. He is the one uh, who I think would be an absolutely perfect foil for the Virgil Van Dijk. Right footed, an absolute rocket, and brilliant on the ball. I'm looking forward to see where he goes because he was excellent at Bordeaux. Got snapped up by. Um, Got snapped up by Sevilla, and he's continued to impress. And um, there's a lot of teams looking at him now, uh, especially in Spain, and even I believe PSG by looking at man. I think a move won't be too far around the corner for him because he's only getting better, and um, he's a real, real, real top talent. Carol Sullivan says there's lots to like about him. His positional play is very good for someone so young. He's quick and strong, a bit too aggressive at times, but he's learning. Of course, he is 22. He starts out at Bordeaux. Um, he goes, he goes to Sevilla, and you know it's he's nearly. I think he nearly has a hundred, hundred games under his belt um, between both of them, and he's only 22. So there's a lot to come from. Uh, Keith, you know these sort of centre halves as well. What do you make of of Cundy? Yeah, I love Kunde. I think he's brilliant. I think he's brilliant. And I think Sean, you touched the comparison I see with Kunde every time it's Cannavaro because he has that leap. Now, I know Cannavaro is a different type. Cannavaro wasn't a fast um, player like Kunde is, but the leap, leaping ability for a centre back at five foot ten, it's just so much like Cannavaro. I think he's brilliant. Someone putting, I don't know, I think it was Dan Jay put in the chat there with the Premier League suit and with him being so small and coming under that aerial bombardment. But I just think physically, I, I think he'd be he'd be excellent at a team. You know, he's gone to Sevilla that aren't the in the top two, three teams in Spain. If he went to a Man City or ideally Liverpool, I think he'd be just a Rolls Royce in a team like that. Yeah. You know, that step up for him where he's playing in a team that's going to be dominating. They will come under pressure. Don't get me wrong. We know teams can target, especially in England, he can target a small player, a weaker player. But Gilles Conde is not a weak player, do you know what I mean? They, they'll oh, soon find out if they try to target him. The switch. He's very physical. Yeah. Like he was, right Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov slash EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Yeah. You could see in the Europa League final, like Lukaku backed off Diego Carlos because Diego Carlos is a specimen. He's a beast, like absolute animal. And tried to like, isolate Kunde, but he had him all day. Uh, he played him both ways. He's really, really good. I can't, I'm looking forward to see what way he goes because like, that's a huge headache for France now. What back two that they're going to go with because they have such a plethora of centre backs there to use that it's actually frightening. And he's he can he's actually handy enough at right back as well. He's covered in there as well a couple of times, I believe, for it. even the like the Pavard as well, I suppose. Yeah, he's excellent. Uh, I'm one to really look at because I can see him going to the very top. 
Yeah, Kevin Sullivan says it's Real Madrid for him, for Kunde, possibly over Alaba, selling Militao uh, to fund the Shane Down says he'd be great for us, but won't go for him, too expensive and short, because um, we don't want Alaba. Um, obviously, that talk is that um, Alaba's con- considered not to be tall enough yeah, to well, you, at the back. You, you need to see this fella, you, like, yeah. you want to see him getting up for the ball, it's it's mental, yeah. even yeah, attacking I, corners. Uh, yeah. He he's mental and he's a real threat as well, attacking boys from corners yeah. for the fella of his height. Now he's five foot ten, so it's not like he's fucking yeah. going five foot ten. It's not like he's Darby O'Gale going around the pitch, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like uh, to be honest with you, like oh, I don't know. People make a lot about this height stuff at centre half and like yeah, you said, right, you see right. Canavero, you see Puyol. Mascherano played centre back. Mascherano. Yeah. He's about oh, five eight. foot seven. Is he? Crazy wasn't huge. No, but but if yeah. you look at Mascherano, if Mascherano, it was a brilliant footballer, can go from being one of the best defensive midfielders in the world, right, to just walk into Barcelona, Barcelona's back line and go, I'll play here, lads. You know, and a lot of teams that played Barcelona at the time, the only hope they had was launching balls in the box because you weren't going to play through Barcelona. So yeah. if Mascherano can do it, I'm sure a fella that plays centre-half all the time at 5 foot 10 can absolutely do it. Alfie, um, he must be highly rated on five yards, is he? Because uh, anyone I've spoken to about um, Jules Cundy seems to have an awful lot of good things to say about him. Yeah, he is highly rated. I think he, he's kind of... It, it's tough because a lot of the time young players, you miss the boat so quickly if you're not right in there as soon as they put in their first good performance. Um, but I think it's always interesting to try and get onto the back of that next big step up. And we really do see that as a potential future for Kunde because, I mean, like everyone said so far, it's so interesting to see where he goes next. If he does make that step up to an elite club, you know, a Real Madrid, a Juventus, a Bayern Munich, then the 35 million that he's on at five hours for is, is going to seem like nothing at all. He's 22. We've seen centre-backs playing until you know the late thirties, he's going to be value for money, even if the price tag is probably you know around double of what he's on at five hours right now. Probably worth the gamble in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Matt Hayes from the Tottenham blog says Beckham, Barrow, Coombe, and De Boer more all under six foot. Really? Are we talking Bobby Moore here? Yeah, he wasn't under six foot, was he? Probably was. Yeah, he looked huge in the. Everyone's bench. sure about them. Well, yeah. I think I'll, if you if. You're athletic enough. Yeah. You don't height is it's only a number, so to speak. Like, yeah. He yeah. his reading of the game probably adds two or three inches to him because he's so that's that's where it, that's where his ability comes in. He reads the game so well. So I'm looking forward to see where he goes because Sevilla is like one of those teams that they're very rigid um, yeah. in how they set up. But his distribution with the ball is unbelievable. Okay, he, so he's got. Just one last question, and because people will ask this, you know, and I'm I'm with you, Shani, on the whole five foot ten. Like if he's six foot, people aren't saying that, you know, six one, three inches. No, if six foot, people are mad for him. Like he's yeah. gone out there already. Exactly. Yeah. Pace, Shani. Has he got loads of pace? Yes, he's lined. I'll take him. I'll take two of them. Um, <laughs> and I genuinely, I'll take two of them right he's now. He's very quick. <laughs> yeah, and as Barry Devon, he says, "What's a few inches between friends?" Exactly. 
very 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 good point um yeah Jules Cundy um of course he's always going to be in Liverpool's minds at the moment or Liverpool fans minds because of the whole centre half stuff that's going on and there's a lot of there's a lot of people very upset the fact that it's um the middle of January now and we don't have a centre back but let's wait let's see till the end of we take of Judge Jules if he can play centre back at I this take stage Judge at this stage if he can play centre back I take Jules Holland yeah <laughs> take any of them um but look um it's been a brilliant show so far i've really enjoyed it Um please hit the like button share uh go onto our twitter and it's see our tweet that say we're gone live share that don't forget to follow five yards on twitter as well and of course when this is all finished um make sure you hit that link in the description so you can go and have a proper look at five yards that call it uk and you can put all this knowledge and and um learning to, to use uh keith now yeah. on to you and I'm I'm happy you picked this player because I've seen his name mentioned in the chat about four or five times just randomly while we were having a chat. So go on, give us a Right. Um I get a lot of stick in for wearing Barcelona tops um because people hate Barcelona, right? I'm a huge Barcelona fan. I'm a Liverpool fan, but, but I have an affinity for Barcelona and Barcelona are in the mud at the moment. They're absolutely What wild, affinity do you have? I just like them. I like okay. Barcelona. I thought you like just had Spanish omelets or something, and that was your. I had one once. Man, Barcelona is a club. You know, going back to the nineties. You know what I mean? It's it's a club that I've always liked. Yeah, and they've they've gone there to the gym in Pedri, and go, they've yeah. got this young player from absolute nowhere. He hasn't come through uh, La Masia. People think, oh, he's just another one off the the chain, right? This kid, he's only eighteen. Pedri and he, he's an attacking midfielder he's only 18 he made his debut for Las Palmas at 16 mm. and um, two weeks later Barcelona bought him and they paid something like 5 million um, I wrote down there 5 million euros for him off off Las Palmas but he left them on loan for the season they said leave him there to develop this was only in August 2019 so you know the year before he went on and he played uh, 37 games for Las Palmas that year he got 4 goals he was only 17 he was the youngest scorer 16 years old um, but he was really really good he's, he's, he's absolutely excellent and he's going to Barcelona and there was a lot of talk you know maybe loan him out and develop himself for that 17 years old. He's gone in there and he is tearing her up at the moment. He's the player that they've been crying out for, right? So um everyone knows the 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 chain of players that Barcelona were producing from La Masia, you had Xavi, Iniesta, Puyol, all these guys. It's fabulous. And that sort of drug died down. I think some good players are still coming through that. But Barca switched attack and they've gone for Usman Dembele. They've gone for um, Antoine Griezmann, you know, to bring in these players and it's not working out for them. They have to get in this fella for five million. He is the nearest thing to Iniesta that they're that they have got there that's been seen now I'm not comparing him totally to Iniesta in my mind he's an attacking midfielder and he's much more quick than these players but to me he's like a young Mate he's like a young Silva a young Cazorla that little um, little stable of players that came out of Spain you know he's tricky and he's technical but he's more fast and direct as well this fella is is what they talked they were getting when they got Coutinho from us is what Pedri is for them and I think he is going to absolutely blow up I think he's going to be huge and I think he's going to save them he's going, he's going to, they're going to build a rebuild around them and apparently don't know how true it is but Messi is delighted with him him and Messi have struck up this bond on the pitch and Frankie de Jong as well and it's bringing it's all starting to come together around them 
this fella is just to me is the real deal and I think he's going to be absolutely sensational for them yeah um, somebody said Barry Devon he says there your affinity to Barca was um, the day trip to the new camp when you were in Salou but yeah, uh, regular. <laughs> no I went to the new camp Salou I went to the new camp yeah. <laughs> I went to the new camp years ago there was a cold snap in Europe it was the most horrendous trip I've ever been on me and the missus sitting there watching it while looking around everyone in the stadium had blankets it was yeah. Baltic yeah. couldn't wait to get out <laughs> <laughs> but you stuck with them fair play yeah, yeah. Have, not even I a fair weather fan nice one um, yeah they, they looked decent did they um, but Alfie um, Pedri is like Keith said very very young Las Palmas Barca spot him take him leave him alone have him now he seems to be doing really really well it's a name that's popped up in the last couple of weeks um, on my Twitter timeline anyway um, have you has he been has his price gone through the roof or is it someone you can still get on um, and still be it's still an alright price I mean I, I think it raises an interesting question because I think five years isn't really a place that you can come and put £10 down one night and the next morning you wake up with a grand um, it's a long term game you're backing a player's future and that takes time but <laughs> occasionally a player like Pedri comes through and it seems like they've just gone from player that no one has heard of to first name on the team sheet of Barcelona, literally overnight. Um, he's up at 74 million now. If you'd got him before the start of the season, I'm, I think you'd be laughing right now. Um, yeah, it, it's incredible. I think he's also shown his versatility. He's played as a winger. He's played as a 10. He's played as an 8. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how he combines with Ansu Fati when he's back uh, up to full fitness again because you'd hope that those two are just going to run the channels for Barca for, you know, 10, 15 years. Yeah, he looks, um, from the from the small clips I've seen him, he looks extremely impressive. Sean, you're watching a load of Spanish football. There's no way you're not rating hey, this fella. He's absolutely magic. He reminds me of when you saw Isco all them years ago and Thiago in those teams. You just knew straight away that the whole, the game is all in his head. He sees the whole game in his head. He knows what he's doing with the ball before he gets it. Like he's he is really magic. And as as the uh, we heard there as well, him and Ansu Fati, it's that Barca are a bit of a in turmoil at the moment. But these are two lads that you can hang that coat off in the future because they look like they're going straight to the top. Like Pedri, just has that that swagger about him and that injection of pace just to get away. Like. He he's unbelievable, and um, another top top player coming through there from Barcelona because it, it, it kind of deserted him for a few years. Uh, they, nobody was really coming through the chain of command. Mm-hmm. Seemed to kind of break. Uh, they were going big. They started to come sort of like Galacticos themselves, like looking at Jasuarez and your Dembele's and even Frankie oh, wow. De Jong. They pay big money for mm-hmm. him coming in, whereas they normally trust some of the players to come through. And you have uh, Ricky Pugh there who yeah. is unbelievable as well so it does seem to be a lot brighter in terms of the future for Barcelona and he is like Barry said he's gone up to 70 million I think he probably goes again because there's another chance he becomes a stalwart in Barcelona really becoming a top side again and if he does like the sky is the limit for him because Spain also have a lot of talented players coming through so on the international scene they will be challenging again sooner and sooner, sooner rather than later, I reckon. 
Lewis Enrique has come out and said that he's he's looking at him, going to cap him and all in the senior team. He's in the under twenty ones at the moment, but he's he said he's ready to to be capped at the the top level. Like this kid is going to be at the very very top, you know. And as as Alfie said, seventy four million. If we get on him before that, but this kid's only 18 he's such a talent you know what i mean like it's it's it'd be unfair i know he's he's he sort of broke that ceiling at the moment but it'd be unfair not to mention him i think when you talk about real transfer prices <laughs> Alpi said 70 million the next contract he signs with barcelona i guarantee his buyout clause will, will be a billion maybe 300 <laughs> yeah. 500 million that's what they do there. That's literally. I think it's already four hundred. I think it's already four hundred. There you go. There it shows. Well, yeah, shows you, well, of course, in Spanish football, you have to have a bio clause um, by law in your in your um, contract. But four hundred million for an eighteen year old. Like, but you see, the thing is, like, we, we, it sounds ridiculous. But then Neymar turns around and heads off to some country and says, "Any chance of a check for two hundred and fifty million, lads?" And they go, "Yeah." And he, he buys out his contract, and he's sitting in Paris the next day. So Barca was, were stung. It's the biggest thing you've ever yeah. seen on a contract yeah. it, with Neymar and Barcelona. So they're not going to lose that again even a Messi's 34 is he 33 34 yeah. and he's his bio clause probably still a billion quid you know because they just won't they won't be done by that ever again and like 70 million now if if he's as good as he looks um I'll put it to you this way. If he's as good as he looks and Barcelona were in so much trouble, say, in two years' time, they could literally sell him and clear what they need um, to, to put a massive dent in. Now, they're massively in debt. You're talking half a billion quid or something, but they could put a big, big dent in it um, by, by selling him. But he could because of the circumstances, turn out to be the best transfer they ever do because he could be the fella that just takes over for the next 10 years. Now, I know that's very high talk for a guy that's 18, but just from watching the bits I've seen of him, he just looks such a, such a talent. Um, I've left that comment on screen from Barry Devaney for a reason. He says, love the five yards, will a player score or assist every week? I'll win it some week, yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen this as well and uh, it's a really good competition and I love stuff like that. You know, yes or no, who will, who won't. So, And as I said, if you go onto the if you go onto the site, there's loads of stuff there. Um, the likes of them competitions, you have got the scouting players, adding players to your squad. You have the scout reports. There's loads of stuff there to to um. You can spend hours on it. Uh, you absolutely can. So if you want to hit the link in the description afterwards, and you'll see, I'm not lying to you. It's absolutely there, and it's, it's great fun. And the big thing is, if you can get if you can get four or five. Pl- mates to do it together you can literally make a league between yourselves you know that way you can literally have a side league for yourself a lot you'd be all playing five yards but like a bit like a last man standing thing but obviously different rules because you're you're, you're investing in players but not the last man standing meet that Shawnee organised at the start of the season um, a little story for you Shawnee organised a last man standing competition there was about 15 lads in it you think this is going to go on weeks the first one lasted three weeks the second one lasted four weeks and then Shawnee said good luck lads I'm not doing it ever again um, it was horrendous um, there was lads it literally cost me 60 quid in a month to be in this competition I was like I don't even know I'm going to afford me mortgage if I keep playing this game but um yeah, so look, uh, that's that's an idea of mine anyway. That I want to, I want, I will, I am signed up to five yards. But I'm going to ask five, six, ten lads, wherever it might be. I'm worried about running a fancy football. Um, we can run this as well and see who's little leaderboards and stuff like that. It's absolutely an idea. Um, to keep to keep interest. Um, as the season goes on. Now, um, our next little uh, teaser and a little rivalry and this. I thought this one was the biggest one, and then I looked and went, no, it's not, but it's big. Uh, Keith. Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold. I don't think this is the biggest one. I think this is the hardest one. Do you? Um, 
Yeah, I do. I think, you know, it's a tough one. Like, Trent is just out of this world. Andrew Robertson is one of my favourite players. If you look at the if you look at the numbers, Robertson does as much assists, if not more, than mm-hmm. Trent. Do you know what I mean? You get blinded by Trent because the type of assist, the type of pass, you know what I mean? That the 40 yard pass that most people can't do, and he's cutting the fences open with them. It's an easy one for me. It's an easy one. It's Trent, but it shouldn't be. It's it's hard, but it's ultimately it's easy. Rob, to me, Rob, I take. I, I'm saying it's easy, but it's not easy. Trent is a generational talent and he's above all the other fullbacks. So I'm including Robbo in that. He's above all the other fullbacks in in, in England, certainly. Um, and yeah, it's Trent because he's just better than the position. Do you know what I mean? But Robbo is close. He's transcending what it is to be a, a fullback. And there's a little bit of recency bias, I think, against trend because yeah. he's had a bit of a run, bad run of form but the kid is out of this world like how often does a right back make you say every game my god what a pass he hit a pass against Newcastle a couple of don't get me wrong Robertson is unbelievable machine technically excellent a machine and one of his best attributes is just how tenacious he is and his durability. He never stops. His consistency. Yeah. You can count on one hand the amount of bad games Robbo has had. But Robbo's, Robbo's like, he's been around the block. He mm. he was a very good player at Dundee United. Uh, he was one of the best left backs in Scotland, if not the best left back in the Scottish League. And then he went to Hull. And even when we watched him at Hull, well, when I watched him at Hull, I said, Jesus Christ, he is a player. He is a player. Now, one of my friends played with him at, at Dundee United. Uh, Gav Cunning was a centre-back for Dundee United and actually played with Andrew Robertson. And he told us all, this lad will be at Manchester United. Now, this is when United were winning titles, like, towards the end of the He was like, this lad will be at United in a couple of years. That's how good he is. And he wasn't wrong because he, he went straight to the top not too long after that. And um, But Trent, like, his range of passing... The cross and the fact that he's just playing right back because there's nowhere else really on the pitch to put him. He's he was put in there now. I know he, he played massively in centre mid as as a kid, and then he broke into the team as a right back, and he stayed there. Like even after a couple of bad games, he had a he has a nightmare at Old Trafford, but Klopp stick, sticks by him, and he's gone on to become the best right back in the world at the yeah. moment. Maybe not at this exact moment of time because he's struggling a little bit with form. But just the different dimension that he gives you. Like the fella is running the show from right back. It doesn't happen. Summer's coming, Washington, D.C., and so are pesky mosquitoes. Don't let mosquitoes ruin your backyard fun. Call your local True Green experts for True Green Mosquito Defense. This science-based treatment will help control mosquitoes in your yard within 24 hours and keep your family and pets comfortable all season long. Save 50% on your first mosquito service by visiting TrueGreen.com summer or call 877-629-0092. Say goodbye to mosquitoes and hello to the perfect outdoor space for summer. Call True green today I think the fact I, he gets compared to Kevin De Bruyne and Steven Gerrard and David Beckham tells you what exactly. and, and he's playing, exactly. and he's yeah, playing yeah. somewhere Gary Neville yeah. used to play um, yeah. 
But 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 the thing, the thing about the thing about Trent for me is, and and I'll come to you now in a minute, Alfie, because I have a little idea on these two. But the, but the thing for me for Trent is like he genuinely hit a pass against Newcastle the other, the other week, and I nearly just went, walked away in the telly instead of seeing enough football. He hit this pass; it was outrageously good. It was it was ridiculous he, the way you've you've seen him hit passes and and the, the bend on them, the dip on them. He's he's hit them on the half volley, sixty yards cross field. He's a, he's a ridiculous footballer. The big thing for me on Trent is, is that he does play centre midfielder. For the uh, the U teams, he actually plays right wing as well. But they spot that the that right back might be the the way he gets in to get him to fast track him, get in at right back and see where they get you. And he's just that good at it that people go, oh, "Why do you move him?" I'd never move him from right back, never. No. I'd never move him right back. I would leave him there. Don't put him into midfield. Don't ask him to play on the half turn. Don't ask him to play with his back to goal. Leave him there with everything in front of him because Trent's biggest asset is a his ability to hit passes, but but b the ability to see them and see them early. And you only see passes that early when you're facing on the play. Or you would never move them. Robertson is a machine. He's the consistency. He has everything. He assists. He chips in the very odd time of goals. Very important one at Villa Park last season. And he, he, I just love him. I love everything about him. I want him to stay at Liverpool till the end of his career if possible. But Alfie, is this one where, you know, instead of us picking, and I'm not trying to sit on the fence here uh, in this rivalry um, discussion, but is this a case of if, if I was looking on five yards ago, I just take both of them because Robertson will still progress and you still have, and, and when that's even starts to level off in a couple of years, wherever it might be, and you have to move him on, you have Trent as your backup that's, that's being grown all the time. I mean, I, I'm never going to come on to any recorded media and not back Andy Robertson against anyone who's ever lived or will live. Um, But I think it it raises interesting questions about player value, certainly, because right now we've got Trent Alexander-Arnold down as £85 million, uh, which might seem conservative. I mean, if he went now, it's hard to quantify that because you can't really imagine a situation where he possibly would live. Um, But we've got Robertson down at 58. If you look at their performances this season, specifically this season, Robertson's been on a totally different level with Trent. Totally different. That's fair. If you're if you're looking at the here and now, you're looking at that price tag and you're saying, I can get Trent at 85 million, or I can get Robertson at 58 million, and Robertson's starting more, he's getting more assists. The goals are kind of a moot point. For right now value, I can't look past with Robertson. For a longer yeah. career, it's tough to argue that a player who's played, you know, however many games and looks to be future captain of Liverpool, I don't see who would bet against them. But, mm. you know, here and now, Robertson for me every day. No, I'm people in that, like, I agree if we're talking about the players as players, if you're talking about mm-hmm. as a defender, I'm taking Robertson every day twice yeah. on his own because he's a better defender than Trent. Just, it's just the facts in the matter. If you're looking at defenders... There's not a better defensive left back in world football than Andy Robertson. And I actually have said on previous podcasts, he's our player of the year so far. This yeah, distance. Uh, yeah. And look, it's consistency with Robbo and it's his will to win. It's the the little bit of shit house in him, the snidiness. He has that. He 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 has that and we need that. And we've ha- we've not had that since Virgil went out of the team because Virgil does that quite a lot. Virgil is one of them who berates the ref but Robbo is one of them and you know he'd be the last man there always in a scrap you just know you'd, you'd back him or you'd back you up all day um, 
But I think Trent is it's thrown around loads. It's thrown around too much these days uh, with FIFA around and like these picking these kids up. Trent Alexander Arnold is a generational talent in in, in football, and he is only going to get better. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Like it gets to the stage where he actually might end up being. Now, don't get me the best and the greatest is two different things. He could be in the conversation when all is said and done to be the greatest player to ever pull on the Liverpool short. Absolutely. At the ages that and what he's achieved so far, um, what do you think Liverpool could do over the next 10 years? He could go down as one of the most successful players trophy-wise in Liverpool's history, although I think Phil Neal is at the moment and it's an outrageous amount of trophies. Yeah. But um, it's, so, uh, free, free, yeah, it is. Free World says uh, favourite Robbo moments was when he slapped Messi's head during the Barca game. That's not my favourite. I just want to touch on it. My favourite is the time he clatters into, um, I think it might have been Davis off Everton or Holgate or one of those lads, um, one of those off the F. And they're all going absolutely rasher and he just gets up and starts laughing yeah. at them. And um, yeah. I, I, I love that sort of stuff because if you hit someone hard, you'll annoy them if you hit them and then get up and laugh at them it's just ah, listen there's no coming back for me there's no coming back for me so I think or in the World Club Cup when uh, Mane's getting the shit oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Robbo's telling them going off that don't worry I'll sort him out yeah, second yeah. half start you, know, you go to war with you you, you yeah. go to war for you and that's what you want that's what you need inherently yeah, the fella is a winner that's what yeah. he is yeah. you look at even for Scotland Scotland's captain and a very bright Scottish team coming through there is some really really good players there's Billy Gilmore there I think Billy Gilmore there's Billy Gilmore there's that lad Ferguson that he's talking about there's Kieran Tierney who is another excellent left back for Scotland and I'm sure he'll shoehorn him into the team to be able to to accommodate both of them and Robbo's right at the fulcrum there yeah. for that Scottish team uh, yeah. he's, he's the heart you know what I mean he's the brave heart if you want to use a shitty <laughs> yeah, Mr. Slackerlaw says that Robbo is Shawnee with his tree, Trent is Shawnee without his tree. And you see, I told you, I told you, we're never getting away from that tree. We're trying to convince Shawnee that the tree is growing, but he's told us it's plastic. But we, we're just still <laughs> convinced that um, the radiator is making it grow. Shawnee, I'm gonna stay with you. Um, your second player, and wait for it, it's Silas Wamangatuka from Stuttgart. Yeah. 21-year-old right winger. Um, let us know, Danny, because I think you love him. He's mad. Yeah, An absolute fun. crazy horse of a player. Just a unicorn. Like, do you have a saying in the NBA when a player is a unicorn is he does things that you don't think would be physically possible for a player of, of his stature. Um I, the reason why I looked at him was because Sven Mislintag got the sack from Ar- well he didn't he walked away from Arsenal because of yeah. creative differences and they went he felt he wasn't getting any control by the board and he moved to Stuttgart and I was reading that while Arsenal were chasing Pepe and Zaha that Mislintag actually went to Arsenal saying I think you should have a look at this fella he's playing in France for Paris FC the less I know French team uh, I think he's a real gem they passed up, they bought Pepe and the rest is kind of history. So I just kept an eye on this fella because there's a couple of lads there that stuck out. There's Tangoy Kyola Valley as well. He was only 19 and um, lesser known, but another unbelievable uh, forward player. But this lad is mental. He's six foot two. Yeah. Um, he's built like Yaya Torre and he moves like Raheem Sterling. That's the only way. Okay. I think he might be my favorite player. 
<laughs> it's the only way I can describe him. He's like a locomotive, but then he's like ta- he, he's as agile as a house fly. And then you see these lads like Balassi who are great, have all the tricks and the flair, but then they get into the final thought and they go to bits. This fella is just ice cold. He, he looks up, he can pick the pass for the assist. He can score a goal. I think since uh, Project Restart, bar Lewandowski, I think he's most goals and assists in the Bundesliga as a player. Like This fella is mental. Now, you need to have a look at him because seeing is believing with him. Yeah. Like, it's, remember that 14-14 season when Yaya Torre really got moving and you were thinking, yeah. Jesus Christ, nobody's going to stop this fella. He's just unbelievable. And then he has the bag of tricks as well. Like He just... He's mental. I think Kevin Sullivan is anything like he's he's a FIFA player. If you created this fella on FIFA, you think, yeah, that's probably realistic. But then you look at him then on the pitch and he's doing these things. He's not going to be there for much longer because I'd imagine in Germany, the shop window there, you have to think Dortmund or Leipzig are ready to pounce on this fella. I'd like to know actually what he's going for in five yards because I think he's a bit of a wild card. He could go one way or the other. And I think if this fella catches fire... He can be the real next African superstar, a la Amane, a la Aubameyang. You've seen the trajectory. Aubameyang went from, say, Dettian to, to, um, to Borussia Dortmund. Mislintat picked him up as well. This lad can be whatever he wants to be. And he's a bit of a maverick as well. Is he a bit mad? He got booked for scoring a goal there before Christmas. <laughs> Alfie, um, is, is, um, what's he worth on five yards? Is he, because yeah. there's loads, there's people here saying they're off to YouTube. Um, after this, they're going to go off on YouTube, this lad. And, and, um, I'm going to find as many videos as I can. I love him. <laughs> this is a really good thing to bring up because I had a chat with one of our scouts, Andy Francis, earlier on about him. Um, I've never seen him play. I've heard his name, but I've never seen him play. Um, Andy watched a decent bit of him. This is, the perfect way to get involved with five yards because you're pretty much disagreeing with one of our scouts here. He's gotten pegged at 26 million right now and says that he sees him as an average Premier League player standard at the moment who's got the potential to be an average Champions League standard. Um, For 26 million, if you're right and he goes on to be the next big African superstar, I mean, he is going to absolutely ping past that price. And if you're there from a, at the start, at this stage, you're going to be able to look back and go, you know, told you so, and have something to show for it. But yeah, right now, um, I think Andy said that he's kind of gotten pegged as a move to a mid-table Premier League club in the summer. Um, I'm not really sure. Do you, do you see that as the next step for him? Or do you think he's even bigger than that right now? To be fair, it's like he'd be similar to the fact to the And when Everton bought Richarlison, I was thinking... Mm-hmm. That would be a decent comparison. Now, Everton paid a lot of money for it, Charles, and don't get me wrong. But if he continues at the rate he's at in Germany, I can't see anybody not taking him because he's. You see these players. You, you couldn't. I wouldn't throw average around with him because there's there's a bit of substance there. Mm-hmm. He's scoring goals. He's getting assists. He's doing it at the other end of the pitch. And this is a like this is a very very exciting name. Stuttgart team, they've been exciting. 15, Fifteen goals this season, or fifteen games, eight goals, three assists. Yeah, that's that's decent numbers. Yeah, that's a con- that's nearly a contribution a game. So, at that level, he's twenty one. Will he get better? I I'd, I'd like to think so. Um, he plays with his brain as well. It's not 
it's not just all it's not just all phys- physical he's not just bundling his way through he's got a trick in the book like he, you can see him taking players out of the game with a bit of skill like you said Pete, like a lot of teams are looking at like Ismail Asar like that's who I'd compare him to in the instance is someone like an Ismail Asar if a Premier League side couldn't get Ismail Asar I'd reckon he'd be worth taking a lump on and it's just interesting that Mislint couldn't get into Arsenal because he wanted to bring him there and thought it'd be a good a, a decent investment the first thing he did when he went into Stuttgart snap him up mm. and there was talk that Barcelona and our sales were, were um, scouting him while he was at Paris FC so look uh, just want to keep an eye on and the thing is if he doesn't grow to be a good player he's a player who's exciting to watch he reminds you of a JJ Okocha or Ronaldinho like, when you get on the ball you know something's going to happen you just feel like something's going to happen now but not Ronaldinho, so it's because he's one of the greatest of all time. But it's just that type of player. Unpredictable yeah. sort of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bones on seats sort of thing. Like, get you up off your seat now watching. And the first thing we did, I was wondering, would he play for us against us in the preseason? But it didn't get to that. He didn't get to that stage yet. Or, um, look, Stuttgart as well, I won't look at because there is some really, really good talent. Yeah, um- a couple of people have mentioned the Gonzalez at Stuttgart as well. If you're on five yards, Dan Jay reckons his attitude could hold him back from making the very top level a bit too flashy now. But you, we've seen that with loads of players, though, Dan. Do you have that? Um, then they go to a massive, like, he probably feels like a bit of a big fish in a smaller pond at Stuttgart. And, but if he lands at Arsenal or, or Liverpool or, or whoever, say just in Premier League, he'd be quickly you'd be quickly told where, where his level is and, and that can knock that um flashing his right out of you. It really can't but that's where the right coach comes into it. Like yeah. I'd imagine if he was to go to I'd imagine I'm on that club. I'd imagine Klopp could turn this fella into it. Now Klopp could can do a lot of things, but I reckon this lad would be perfect for us if we were to let Arigi go in the summer as a wild card. Someone like him, because he can't be any worse than a really at the moment. That's um, that's that's a good that's a good show. If you look at the when, when I start up, when I um get all my friends together and we start our own mini league on five yards and um start harassing each other every day because we've bought different players. He's the one I'm going for. He's going to be my captain, um, because I just love the sound of me. If you're getting booked for standing on the line with the ball until the defender gets near you and then lashing in the net, you, you come around and play FIFA with me any day of the week. Yeah. Um, He's very unreal. Like you can see, he plays the game with a smile, but he kind of. He, he just floats around the place like he does. He wears number fourteen and all because Henri was his idol. So yeah, you see him when he gets into shooting positions. He he tries to open his body up and finish the ball in the same way. He, he's really good. Have a look at him. Like just even have a look at him on YouTube. Yeah, not, yeah. I think everyone should YouTube him. After I listen to a lot. Of, I listen to a lot of German podcasts and they're all raving about him on that. And the way they describe him, it's interesting. Sean, he said they say he's like a wild horse. He's just all action he can't be tamed nearly as what they say he's not a predictable player to play now I understand like what Alfie is saying on middle of the road he could be a JJ Okocha or he could be an Alex Awobi do you know what I mean so that there is that fine line but I, I agree I think he's one to watch and I thought he'd be a lot less value than 20 than what 26 million like I'm surprised he's even that high but mm. Interesting. Somebody's seen something in him. Um, Keith, yeah. I'm going to stay with you because for your so we have Keith's second player left, and then we have our last rivalry um, left. So we'll do this in the next ten minutes or so, and then we'll um, we let you all go onto the five yards website and start um, building your squads. And and if you do, if you do sign up, um, 
make sure, like, let me know and Sean, you know, and Keith know that you've done it because we, we love interacting with people on this stuff and yeah. getting involved and seeing what you're doing and what we're doing and comparing and stuff like that. So don't, by all means, go off and sign up and, and get involved, but let us know that you're doing it because if we can forward this on to all of us having a big chat about it somewhere and comparing stuff, that's that's how it works and, and we love doing that sort of stuff. It's much better than being in our WhatsApp group, which is an absolute asylum. Um, so it would be, be a brilliant distraction. Keith, I'm going to stay with you. Um, go on, I'll let you say the name of your second right. player. Before I go on to my second player, I just want to say this is going to sound real wankery and douchebaggery because, you know, you, you can try and sound smart by picking a player that no one ever heard of, right? Which is fine. But I'm and I speak, I'm sure I speak for the lads as well. We don't claim to be these expert scouts or, you know, we know more than anyone else. We we watch a lot of football and players will come along that we like the look of. Now, I watch a lot of Argentinian football. That's that's what I'm into. And mm. my second player is a guy called Matthias Aracho. And Matthias Aracho is 22, I think, at the moment. Mm. And he played for Racing Club in Buenos Aires and they won the league in 2019 and he was I think he was 20 at the time he was amazing he's a number 10 but he's he's an attacking midfielder but he's all action he's it's hard to describe him he's only a small little fella he gets in between the lines he would be if I could pick a player right to suit Liverpool, and I remember looking at this at the time, this would be my pick. He's a walker at number 10. He's a pressing machine for a little fella at number 10, but he's so silky and so creative. He's like if um, Luis Garcia could could play a bit more and, and had a bit of steel about him, he'd be this fella. He's always dropping into them holes. Now, he only transferred out of Racing there. He won the league. He was young player of the year. He played with Lissandro Lopez up front, who played for Leon. He's about 36 now. Yeah, um, Banging in the goals. He was player of the year. Zaracha was the young player of the year. But this fellow, I watched him and I'm like, this fellow will be ideal for Liverpool. So I have a soft spot for him. So I'm not trying to be clever by saying, oh, this fellow, this fellow. Do you know what stands out to me about him, Keith? What? He has bow legs. He's yeah. bow legged. He's a little bow legged South American. We love all that. Garincha is one of my favourites. No, no, no. I'm getting the yeah. bow legged thing, right? But. You said he's bow legged, and Keith goes, Oh, yeah, I love that about him. Like, <laughs> it's like Keith, like, when he's scouting a player, goes, Is he bow legged? No, I'm not happy. I don't care. I don't care, if he's, I don't care if he's a dance fucking clone. His that's, legs aren't bowed. I don't want that to do with it. Characteristic of like the, the top. <laughs> yeah. Diego was bow legged. Ronaldo was bow legged. Like, yeah, that's a good thing. It's a good point. But he's um, <laughs> he's a player. Sense. He's a player, like I say, he won the Young Player of the Year, Racing won the league a couple of years ago. And uh, he went, and he's after getting a move, right? He was linked with Atletico, he was linked with Milan, he was linked with Porto, he was linked with Leeds, he was linked with West Ham, right? so he was a lot of links to Europe. Mm-hmm. He's after going to Atletico Mineiro in Brazil. It's a bit of a mad one. Um, I have a wrote down, what did they pay? They paid $6 million for 50%, so it's one of these fucking oh. shady, you know, Mascherano deals. And that's why I'm thinking it's only a, it's a little parking job. This fella, I think, is going to blow up if he can if he can kick on and get that move to Europe. I think in three years it'll be a top top player. It won't be a, you know the the elite. I think that maybe the bow has gone on that. I think he should have left Racing, gone to Europe, 
and use that stepping stone. But this guy is one to watch for me. Now we went to he went to Minero in Brazil. And I was like, why did he go there? And I checked it out. And um, Jorge San Paulo is the manager there, and he obviously knows the Argentinian game. And he brought him in. He only went in there, and he brought him straight in. But he's playing him defensive midfield. And if you see clips of him, he's only a little fella who plays in number 10 between the lines. And the last two games, San Paulo's played him sort of hold the midfield, which doesn't make sense. But that just shows his passing. Another thing about him, he looks to get into the box all the time. Late runs into the box. Not Frank Lampard, but, you know, that sort of clever to to I make the late run. I can't get out legged legged stuff. Lampard. I can't. I can't. I just, like, what's he like? He's just a bow-legged Frank Lampard. It's, it's just amazing. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. A bow-legged uh, Frank Lampard, yeah. But this fella, just, trust me. This fella, yeah. he, do you know what he's brilliant at? Right? He's brilliant at, there's a pass called La Pause. La Pause was invented by... Um, Ricardo Bocchini, who was an Independiente legend of me, Independiente top on now. But the the person who made La Pausa really popular, I will all know, is Raquel May. And La Pausa is the art of the number 10 going in, delay the pass, delay the pass, delay the pass, play the pass at the very last minute. And you open up all the space. This fella is brilliant at that as well. So he has that little bit of cleverness and bit of guile about him. So oh, he's just a player that I really like. There's a few other Argentinians I was toying with thrown in. This fella is the one that I think could end up in Europe sooner. Okay, I'm delighted to learn about him. Um, I, it won't surprise you that I don't know who Matthias Aracho is, but I do know um, he, he'll he be vice-captain um, in my team with Silas um, Wamangatuka yeah, because he's bow-legged. And, oh, um, I, like, I just, you can like, jockey playing Wamangatuka around the pitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was just on the back of Wamangatuka yeah. in my team. Um, but like, it's, it, in all seriousness, it's great to learn about these players like because you know, people have said, why hasn't he gone to Europe beforehand? And that's a question, but Keith, you've kind of answered that with the whole $6 million for 50% because yeah. that is your kind of get-out clause in, in South America, isn't it, to get to Europe? It is. And, it was a weird you know, one that he went there and yeah. and because Atletico were really, really linked. He's actually, he was at Racing and he was the next Lataro Martinez. Lataro Martinez went to Inter Milan from Racing and this fella was the next gem. Lissandro's there, well, Lissandro's the same age as me, for fuck's sake, so he's not going anywhere. But he was the next gem after Lataro and it's just a, a little sort of speed pump along the way but I think he could end up in Europe in the next year or two and could be one to watch good stuff and um, listen if you're not into Argentinian football and Keats talking about it doesn't get it into you nothing will um, yeah. it, it makes me want to go and watch um, some stuff Grizz pretends to watch it all the time like he, he messages me at three in the morning going oh my god uh, Boca have equalised and I'm like what the fuck is going on three in the morning um, Alfie come on there can't be many on Zaracho here I think Keats picked, picked the gem yeah, this is probably my favorite one yet because he's not on Fogos. No, um, he's picked one that's not. Yeah, this is yeah, this is the joy of it because you know everyone knows that when you spot a player earlier on before the majority of people do, or at least the majority of people around you do, they're kind of at the back of your mind no matter what happens to them for the rest mm-hmm. of their career, for better or for worse. Danny Pacheco. Um, so that that the glory of it is that you can go on Fogos right now and you can request any player that you want to. So you would just fill out Matias Giraccio um, from Atletico Mineiro and then we'd work to get him up there for you. Um, there's a bit of a queue. There's sometimes a build-up. We aim to upload about 22 to 25 players a week. We've got players right down to the, I think it's the eighth division of English football. Um, so anyone you want, you know, if it's your dad's mate's son, 
we'll get them up there for you. No worries. Um, but Matthias Rattray, yeah, I was looking at him a bit earlier. He looks really good fun. Like, it, it's really underrated to have a player that just looks like a joy to watch. And, yeah, I'd love to see more of him in Europe. Yeah, um, it's it's um, it's it's a very 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 interesting one. He's not on five yards, but um, he's on the list. And uh, that's because sure, yeah. telling you, if he'd have gone yeah. Atletico, he'd have been on five yards. Yeah, he would. But you see, the thing is now, now Keith will be emailing them every day, going, um, going just on? giving them a list of former Argentinian managers and saying, <laughs> listen, "What's the story with Zaracho? Um So if you do see Keith Plunkett at gmail.com rocking spam. up, um, you know what's about. <laughs> just knocking in the spam folder. It's just about Zaracho. Um Lads, the la- and the, these players have been brilliant from start to finish. I have to say, um, we've all been educated in some way. Um, Mane versus Salah I'm just going to get straight into it um, this one is the big one because there's always talk about well Salah would you let him go and stuff like that Madness. Um he's 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 the best goal scorer we've seen at Liverpool in, in God knows how long in my opinion but um, Keith I'll come to you first this is Mane a hard one because alright I think Mane I think Mane S- okay. Salah I love Salah but a more you complete have to take but you have to take into consideration that they're both the same age. Okay. Yeah. Um Salah, we don't Salah or Manny could leave Liverpool in the summer. They could leave a yeah. year after. They could stay to the very end uh, of their career. One big move left in them each. Who can go on? Who can do more? Mm. I think Mane is is gonna I think Salah might have peaked and Mane is just peaking. And I could, think maybe could could Mane could Mane be suited more? To getting older because of his attributes, maybe because I don't see Manny using that blistering pace as much as he used to. I think he's become more of a more of a, a technical footballer than a, than an absolute impact footballer. Where can, Salah to yeah. me is is, is absolutely impact. I can see both of them switching their positions and Manny becoming a number ten and Salah becoming a number nine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Coming in from the wings, maybe the old that he get, and that could impact Salah. Might get more goals. He could be a Ronaldo or a Messi. I don't think he's clinical enough personally. I don't think he's clinical anywhere near clinical enough. But that's what he could do. I just think Mane for the next, if they, you know, for the next two three years, I think Mane could be the better player. But that could be just, uh, you know, a personal opinion. I prefer Mane as a player than Salah. Mm-hmm. And maybe as well, say, now you're talking shit Salah every day of the week. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Dan Jay says, oh no, Gav, what have you done? Open up a can of worms. It's not my fault. Alfie brought this. <laughs> Alfie brought Same this. Alfie. He went, listen, I'm making me debut and I'm going to rock a load of boats here. There's the three rivalries. And I said, okay. Um, so if you want to play, leave Alfie alone. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's a good conversation piece, but don't blame me. Um, just let you know that. Shawnee, Mane or Salah? Mane is a better footballer, but Salah is one of the best goal scorers we've ever seen in England. Uh, underrated in that regard. And I think the, the talk is that he doesn't feel loved by Liverpool fans, maybe by England in general. Um, or, or I'm going to go with Salah. Uh, he joined after Mane. He's more goals than Mane. I think he's even more assists than Mane. People talk about how he's greedy, this, this and that. The older Salah gets, the closer the goal you'll get. He has he'll a ridiculous record. Mm-hmm. He'll still score goals. His record is off the chain, really, when you think about it. I think goals per game ratio is right up there, which are the I think he has. I think he has about 150 
or 140 maybe goal, you know, like goals or assists, goal involvements yeah. in his Liverpool career. And I think that's at something like 200 is, games. Like, so and people say he's not clinical. So if we took all of his chances. He literally wouldn't get the next chance to score the goal because it just doesn't work like that. Because we'd be winning yeah. at seven and eight nearly. How can you say the fella's not clinical? He scored more goals than everyone in England since he's arrived. Mm. Yeah, but you see, that's more yeah. recency bias because you think of Salah, and don't get me wrong, Salah missed loads of chances. Well, he joined after. He's joined after. He joined after Mane. Yeah, but Salah, mm. Salah genuinely could have had sixty goals in his first season. Genuinely, and I'm not even saying like all, all yeah, well, season. He missed. He, he missed. He missed, he missed sixty. He missed big chances, but if you get the first goal, you probably don't get the chance for the second goal. Yeah, but I'm I'm, I'm even talking about when we were winning games and he had another chance and he had another chance, you know. um, He's not as clinical as the top ones. Maybe not, but I think at times people put the clinical stuff down. Like You have to look where he's taking chances from at times. He's Mm. not in the middle of the box taking chances. He's, he's He's in that kind of inside left channel hitting shots and people are just considering that a chance a big chance for Mo Salah because of the record he has and, and how good he is in front of goal at times I think he's absolutely un, unreal you know he's he's blown all he's blown for, for the amount of games he played for Liverpool he's blown all goal scoring records I think he's the most overlooked Premier League player of all time I do agree I and I think if you look back to the likes of for me you know it's Salah people is, are going to shift him out the door this summer when you see him when you come the, the, in, they're going to shift him out the door because they look at him going 28, 29, and, and is a 200 million. Well, and what can we do with that? Whoever comes in, whoever come, yeah. will come in, it could come in for Salah next goals. year, and he won't have a higher conversion rate than, than Salah. I guarantee you this. I'm guaranteeing you this. The only thing about yeah. Sean that I think is he, he he's not ice cold, he doesn't have ice in his veins when it comes to finishing. I think when he doesn't think about it, I think he's about to finish it. When he has time to think about it, I think he, he I don't know what he does. His finishing can be very wayward. Ronaldo Messi are on a different level right there, on a different plane. But if you look at someone like Lewandowski, and I know he's the number nine and he is a centre forward, but he's just a, a Aguero as well. They're just serial killers in front of the goal, I think. Salah just yeah, but, misses but, a few, but then he scores and there's nothing wrong with that. But, and that's why record speaks I, think that's, I think that's an unfair comparison. I think that's an unfair I think that's an unfair comparison, uh, Lewandowski and Salah. Lewandowski sits in the middle of the box, between the lines of the box, and takes chances that are given to him. Salah does a hell of a lot more outside of that. And uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like like I'm you said earlier, you could, see him, you could see him becoming a number nine. I think he'd be mm. unbelievable as a number nine. Unbelievable mm. as a number nine. And I think then you could compare him to number nines. But as a wide forward in the world right now, there's nobody better than him. And I don't care what anyone says. There is no... Yeah, answer. You can, you can tell me you, you can tell me Mbappe and you can tell me whoever you want. There is nobody in world football that produces more than Mo Salah from a wide position. Nobody. You know who's, you know who's reminding me of him at the moment in his fourth season? Someone put it in the chat. Young Min Son at the moment is reminding me of Salah in his fourth season with us. Now, I know Son has been in England a long time, but it's just falling for him. It's just falling for him. It's a little bit of luck he needs. Now, there's times where people call Salah greedy. I want my strikers to be greedy. I want my forward players to be greedy. I don't mind the forward players to be greedy. If one is getting nine goals, one is getting 15 goals, and one is getting 20 or 30 goals a season. Great. Look at his numbers. Take away media narrative, whatever anyone says about him. He's a diver. He's not happy at Liverpool. 
I was one of the first person to kind of smell a rat when I told you I says, I think his head might be turning slightly. But just look at his numbers. Look at the goals he scored in big games for us. Well, like, I, I, I don't... And don't get me wrong, I love Mane. I love Mane to death. But Salah is the, the most ruthless, efficient player in their team. And but it could be a recency thing as well with him, Shawnee, in that he, he gets judged on his fourth season, right? When it was more clinical and it wasn't very clinical, but it could have been. Now he's 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 a top scorer this season. He's got eight penals yeah. or something, or five penals. And it's some of the goals he's got have been scruffy things, you know what I mean? And and that's probably what's clouding certainly my judgment on him. I agree with everything he's saying. He'll go down as one of the greatest players Liverpool like, forward players Liverpool have had. The, goal, the games he had He's a great game away to Man City at the Etihad. He has an unbelievable game, the first game of this, uh, the semi-finals against Roma. He's had, like, I was at the Watford game where he gets four. Yeah. He's had loads and loads oh, yeah. of big standout performances like that. He's had games where he's done, like, Chelsea. Mane has done some great individual things, but I don't think he's had as many good individual performances as Salah has. The I think I view these they're, they're viewed as two wide forwards for Liverpool and, and, and they are wide forwards for Liverpool but I think people it'd be like you know comparing me and Shawnee in height because we both have black hair you know what I mean it, yeah, that's it, it's, it's silly because Mane cheats at football right or not Mane Salah cheats at football and the mean, cool. reason I mean that is is because Liverpool side is set up for him to hang around further up the pitch between their fullback and their centre half to isolate them and kill them okay Mane walks the other way a hell of a lot more in my opinion there's a hell of a lot more work he gets the ball into his feet he protects it a lot more he gets involved physically a lot more now Salah gets reefed out of, don't get me wrong but Mane gets into the ticket things a lot more than Salah so comparing them even though they're Similar positions on different sides of the pitch, I think is a bit unfair. I would tell you now, if you told me Salah and Mane are staying at Liverpool for the next three years, I'd be absolutely over the moon because I think they will both progress into what Keith says. I could see Liverpool in two years' time with Mane playing off Salah and two new wingers being either side of them. And I, I've no issue with that. Um, give it to me every single day of the week. Uh, Alfie, we've left you out a bit there because we got very emotional and we apologise. But with with these two, um, I, th- I think it has to be fairly even with these two, Alfie, with regards to maybe not with value, but the projection they could be on for the for the remainder of their of their career if they shift it a little bit like Keith says I think it'd be very very even in the progression they would make between now and say two years time yeah so it is down as very 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 tight uh, Sam was up there at 64 million Manny at 58 um, which for players at that range is obviously a, a really tiny difference um, I think it's probably down to the fact that Salah does get more goals Um Probably nothing more in depth than that, to be honest with you. Um, but also, I think there's kind of more of a clear sign that if Salah does go, it'll be to Real Madrid, it'll be to Barcelona. It'll, I mean, I, I can't personally see it being anyone else. Whereas Mane might go to someone like Bayern or Juventus, which, you know, they are fantastic teams, obviously, but they're not the same kind of flat track buoy side that can set someone up and just say, you go and score all these goals. Um, You're not winning the Ballon d'Or at them teams. Yeah, so I, I think that's where the slight difference comes in. But I mean, absolutely, they're so tight. 
Yeah, I, I, I would imagine they are because even even the they they are so good in this Liverpool side as attackers for Liverpool, but in different ways, in different scenarios on the pitch, they work differently. Even though they're in the same, they, they line up on that graph, that graphic at the start of the game. But you know, Mane is coming deeper and getting more involved, and you know, Salah's going to look to get central. So they're two completely different players playing in different in in different sides of the pitch. Um. I have enjoyed this every single minute of it. I have to be honest with you. Um, it's been educational. It's, um, it's been a laugh. Shawnee brought the tree back in, um, halfway through, which, um, was, was a particular highlight for a lot of people in the chat. The chat has been outrageously good. There's loads of players being thrown in there and they may be, um, featured over the next couple of weeks. Um, before we go though, there's two players that have popped up in the chat and I just want to, just want to get the figures off Alfie. Um, Alfie, um, Daka. This guy is linked with everyone, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I think, unfortunately for him, uh, the chances of him going to West Ham kind of increased a bit recently. Yeah, um, I think we probably all agree he can do a bit better than that. Um, he's down his £47 million right now. I think he's one of those where, again, sort of 18 months ago, if you had spotted him, you'd be absolutely laughing right now. Um, but I think especially because of the sensation that Howen's produced coming out of a team like Salzburg um, that's going to kind of put people on the radar there a lot more than they previously would have been mm. yeah that's fair um, Arsenal linked with Daka as well says Kieran B um, so people keep asking about the top you're wearing Alfie um, is, it, yeah. is it the jersey what year is it is it 96 well, I don't really think anyone would get it because it's a training shirt um, yeah. that I got for £8 off an uh, unnamed popular auction site. <laughs> okay, uh, cool. Um, yeah. I, I want to say, judging by the crest in the middle of it, I want to say around 1999. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking so. I, I, I'm, I'm seeing Paddy Berger in that, I'm being honest with you. Um, Absolutely. So, there you I go. I think that's um, actually going to be the colour of our away kit next year as well, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, Alfie's ahead of the curve there. Look, eight quid. It's just claim you had it before everyone else. Um, and the last one, uh, the last one before we go, Alfie is Harvey Elliott. He's toned up a little bit as well. <laughs> nice. Uh, he is far and away the most expensive player at a championship club. Well, five yards. He's down as forty-nine million pounds um, because I mean he's about six years old, isn't he? Um, <laughs> he he's. I think he's one of those where. I, I don't think there's many fans that wouldn't want to see him in the Liverpool team in some capacity, but because he's a right winger and because our right winger plays at striker basically most of the time, there's not really a way for him to play in that position without us massively changing our team and without more likely than not Firmino coming out for me because Elliot is that kind of creative player that drops deep and looks for others rather than being that kind of addicted to goals and uh, very forward the salon is. Mm. Um, yeah, like, uh, Harvey Elliott is highly rated. Daka is very, very highly rated. Um, we're going to leave it there. I think I've, it's been our first um, scout report show. It's been very, very enjoyable. It's been educational. It's been a laugh, um, which is the most important thing out of all of this. The chat uh, has been amazing. Can we get one more? Yeah, of can. Can I, can I get a price on uh, Jan MV there? <laughs> Oh, Jan Envia. Oh, yeah. Jan Envia, M V O L A. 
I think he might As be the the, the, the chance he might turn <laughs> around. I hope he's in the database because uh, now yeah, we have fans. Oh, then you tell you what. Yeah. If you're watching, you know who you are. Lump on, lump on. You could never know. He might take off. Yeah, no, but I mean. Before we go, it might be worth to kind of throw out a part of gift um, on a local podcast now, especially. Has anyone yet tweaked why we're called Five Yards? And the clue would be that two of our founders are big local sports. Oh, has anybody coughed while they're called Five Yards? Mm. Very impressed if you get this. That's a great question. Do we let it so, run? For, do we let it run for a minute to see if people can get it? Yeah, yeah, see if anyone okay. can So, yeah, I never thought of it. I never thought mm. of it. Um, well, we're waiting. Red Steve wants to know how much for Pandev. He's asking for a friend. <laughs> Gordon Pandev, <laughs> of course, famously picked in a draft during the summer by Grizz, who had the first choice of any any Champions League winning striker and picked Gordon Pandev, um, which was amazing. Um, nice. I'm I'm surprised nobody's looked um for a double on um Ronaldo and Shane Long. Of course another yeah. one of our drafts ended up with um <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo flicking on balls for Shane Long to chase. Um let me see. Barry oh, Devon he's gone for five oh. yards in the head. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, um but Mahez from the Tottenham blog's gone in hard. He says, is five yards the average distance between Salah and the defender that failed him whenever he wins a pen? Ma. No. Oh, well. Five yards, a, five, uh, five yards is the closest Harry Kane got to touch in the Champions League in, uh, in Madrid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have some cheek, Ma, going on about um, strikers yeah. that fall over yeah. a lot. Jesus yeah. Christ. Five um, yards is the closest Harry Kane got to the Champions League. So the two, the, two, the two owners of five yards are big Liverpool fans and they've called the five yards for a reason. Is it? Is it? Is it? And this is a complete another guess. Is it the combined amount of yards that Doug Coyte scored a hat-trick against Manchester United? That would have been good, but no, it's not. So I'll tell you. No. Yeah. Go ahead. So Bob Paisley said uh, when Kevin Keegan was on his way out, um, and he was trying to justify why it wouldn't be too big a deal because they still had Kenny Dalglish. He said uh, Kevin was quicker off the mark, but Kenny runs the first five yards in his head. Um, oh. And that's, that's what we're all about. I think it's, it's about spotting things that other people don't spot. That's, um, I like that. That's really nice. Class. I like that. I like that. I'm disgusted. It's not about Doug Hoyt scoring a hat trick with a combined five yards. Um, <laughs> but anyway, if you ever want a rebrand, you can just say it was that, couldn't they? Uh, 4.32 yards. Yeah. Um, we could just round it up. But um, listen, it's been an, it's been an absolute pleasure um, to do this tonight, and we will be back next Thursday um, with another round of this same sort of format. We will have three rivalries. We will have six players in the same format. To get, uh, the, whoever replaces Shawnee and Keith next week will have two. Whoever replaces me will have one. And I don't know if Alfie's back, but there will be somebody from five years next week. Yeah, who knows? Whoever's there will have a pick as well. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you do go and click that link and get into five yards and listen. Not only play for yourself, but if you can get a load of mates in there, all you just pile in, log in, 
get players, get scout reports and, and, and build up the, your team and your squad and, and compare them to each other. You can have little, little side bets with each other about how things are going. Um, it'll be, it'll be absolutely great fun. Shawnee, thanks a million for joining us. It's been an thanks absolute very pleasure. Much for having us, lad. Really enjoyed that. And Alfie, I'll be having a look at five yards because it's something I definitely Please do. Silence. Well, I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking that what we do is we just get all like the, the day trippers. Yeah, we get all the day trippers yeah. together, and we'll all sign into it, okay? And then we'll all play the game, and then we'll always, always obviously play on the five yards platform. But amongst ourselves, we'd be able to keep a value on how progression is going because it's a great conversation piece anyway. Um, because if you think a player's good or you don't think he's good, and someone else signs me, you can say, "Well, he's no good," and look, look what's happening to him. So I think that might be something for us to do. Um, but like, yeah, you can have Matthias Aracho. Yeah, but if if you buy him, can I buy him as well? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. once once he's up there for one person, he's up there for everyone. Ah, well, John Walsh is not allowed by Harry Kane. Yeah, <laughs> John Walsh loves Harry Kane. Um, he absolutely loves him. Uh, Keith, it's been an absolute pleasure. You are hosting next week, so um, we will see you next week on this. Yeah, expect more young, unknown Argentinians. Nice. Good stuff. And phrases like La Pausa. La Pausa. Look up to La Pausa. La Pausa is yeah. a great move. Yeah, Ricardo Bocchini. Done Apparently, in the 70s. Maradona's idol he was. Maradona obsessed with Ricardo Bocchini, his favourite player. So there you go. Um Alfie, I hope um we have we've haven't um I hope you've enjoyed it. That's basically it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Absolutely enjoy. Good, good. And I think the people in the chat have enjoyed it. And I think um they've took something from it. And I I hope they come back to us in the next couple of days and say they've signed up and this is who I've signed. And um as I said, if you do sign up and you do sign players or you do scout reports or whatever it might be, um please come and tell us and get involved with us because if we are doing something with the trippers where we, we all sign up, if you want to join in as well, you can absolutely join in. We throw it up in the Discord guys. Yeah, yeah, um you can throw it up in that and everyone can join in and tell us each other what players we've signed and then we can abuse each other um, week on week with just <laughs> stuff um, right that's it that has been uh, the scout report with thanks to five yards and um, we will be back next week um, just with regards today is Thursday we have got the Friday forecast coming tomorrow uh, we are taking Saturday off that's okay and we're back for on, on for the fat pack for on Sunday night after that yeah, running the mill game in the Premier League on Sunday afternoon um, it's been brilliant um, fully enjoyed it can't wait for next week over and out Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Oh, what's this? Zenny's 3D Virtual Try-On. Pretty cool, right? Wait, are those prices real? Do they have glasses for men? Yep, they also have affordable blue light glasses. Seriously? At those prices? Get them all. I like where this is going. Zenny.com. Prescription glasses starting at $6.95. Sports Social Podcast Network.